This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back. Listening to Militantly Mixed. I would like to acknowledge that the Militantly Mixed podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Chumash and the Tongva people, and I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine, the busiest, the busiest, mixed race, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom, mask making, comic book store, co-owning, and now shaved head having podcaster in this podcasting game. This is episode 106. And like I just said, I did do it. I shaved my head and there are pictures of me with my shaved head on my personal Instagram. Mixed Girl Maine. I'll get something up in the in the Militantly Mixed Instagram soon too, because this is very much a part of my mixed race hair journey. I am going to be sharing some, probably some video, it makes sense to do it as, as video, of me discussing my mixed race hair journey, because I did not realize in shaving my head, I was going to be so affected. Um, and it's been less than 48 hours, but it's been amazing. And I really want to share that with y'all, just because I've been hearing throughout this show how significant hair is to us as mixed race people. So I'm going to share it with y'all, but I don't want to take up too much time because it's going to be a long episode if I do. (laughs) So stay tuned to the social media so that you can see me share a little bit about this part of my mixed race hair journey because it's been, um, I have been affected. That's, that's what I'll say about that. Uh, this week I'm going to be sharing the audio from the live stream panel discussion that we had on Thursday, August 20th. As I've mentioned, I'm going to be starting a new series of panel discussions that'll be live streamed on the third Thursday of every month going forward. And I started on Thursday, August 20th with Liz Everett, who you've met before on an episode of Militantly Mix, and her best friend, Aisha Hunter. Both of them are black, white, biracial women. They are best friends. They have opposite presentations, and they are a major support system for each other, for me, and for pretty much everybody that they come in contact with. Since I met Liz, I have had nothing but empowerment and encouraging messages from this woman. I am now into the group chat with Aisha, and these women will fill your cup. If you are down, if your energy is low, if you are doubting yourself, if you're excited about something you're working on and you want to celebrate and you want someone to celebrate with you, these women come through. And because of that, I wanted to invite them both to participate in this first panel discussion, this first official panel discussion within the series, because I wanted to talk about the importance of having a mixed race support system. The reason why I wanted to do that is because that is what Militantly Mix is all about. When I started this show, I started it to sort of build a footprint of mixed race narratives because we didn't have them to go to historically. We may know of a few mixed race people in history or, you know, now that we've had a mixed race president and mixed race best actress of the Academy Awards and things like that. 
you know, we start to see ourselves a little bit more now. But people from my generation and older didn't have many people to look back on and know that they weren't alone out there. So we lived in a lot of isolation. And I think even millennials and folks that are, I don't know what the younger, I forgot what the um, younger than millennials are called. Someone just told me a couple of weeks ago and I forgot. But for the younger generation of mixed folks, now that you do have more access to people that are publicly mixed, I guess, I still think it's important that you know about historical mixed folks. And right now, the historical mixed folks that uh, we've been able to gather through the show are regular everyday folks that are just living their mixed ass lives. Occasionally, some authors, some artists, some musicians, some actors and actresses. And hopefully, eventually, I'll get some political figures or, you know, people that are highly visible in their mixedness. That's, you know, that's next on the bucket list for the show. But that was designed for mixed race narratives and then became, oddly enough, it became a support system because as we started to hear our stories reflected back at us through other people telling their stories, we could be seen, we could feel heard, things like that. Um, We started to feel supported. And because of that, we gathered on social media to communicate through the Facebook group and through the Instagram and and the Twitter page. And it has been amazing. And then COVID hit and we started the social distancing virtual hangouts. And that became a real life, real time support system where every week, usually regulars, but always new people join in at some point and some of them become regulars. We can share our stories in real time, see each other's faces, see a whole bunch of mixed face faces at one time, um, share our stories, commiserate, celebrate. <sighs> the social distancing hangout has been invaluable to me. Definitely. I'm in speaking for myself. I can say it absolutely has improved my life greatly having this group of mixed race folks to meet with every week. And I believe for the group as well, because I don't think there would be as many return participants if it wasn't a support system. And it has been amazing. Unfortunately, I did have to cancel this most recent Sunday because I had to work and I wasn't able to reschedule around it. Um, I did have an opportunity to interview somebody in comics. That was a pretty big deal to me. So as soon as that video goes, I'll start sharing it on my social media. Um, So I couldn't work around it and I had to cancel. This is the first time I've had to cancel. Um, There was only one other time that I didn't participate, but that was because I took a weekend off and um, Lorelai stepped in to moderate it for for me the week that I was gone. So hopefully that won't happen again. Um, My goal is to never have anything interrupt uh, the social distancing hangouts, but that is an invaluable support system. And I wanted to kind of share that experience of support through that on this first episode of the panel discussion. So I got together two biracial best friends that are literally supporting each other in mixedness on a daily basis in their lives as friends, but then also, you know, two individual mixed race women sharing their stories as well. It was a great conversation. We had a great time. I wanted to make sure that I shared it with you here, especially if you listen to the show on your commute and don't have access to it, um, to the video thing. If you do want to see the video, though, it is still available on the YouTube page. So if you just go to YouTube.com, I think it's slash channel slash Militantly Mixed, um, or you can just type Militantly Mixed into the YouTube search engine. You'll pull up the, the page. Make sure you subscribe so you can get notifications for the future content that's going to be coming up. And you'll get to actually see the video there. It's called What About Your Friends? The Importance of Having a Mixed Race Support System. 
I'm excited to be sharing that with you. And we're going to do that here in a moment. First, I just want to remind y'all that Militantly Mix is a fan-sponsored show. Without the support of the fans, I would not be able to keep this going. I work 11 billion jobs, and I still struggle <laughs> like everybody. So it is really because of the support of the fans that I'm able to keep this going on a weekly basis. The expenses that um, are associated with me producing this show do increase as the audience increase, and the audience has increased greatly, so I still need and, and appreciate y'all's support. If you want to support on a monthly basis, you can go to patreon.com slash mix and support the show that way as low as a dollar to as high as anything you wish. There's different reward levels depending on what you choose. And we're going to get some new content up there too that'll be either exclusive or early um, to get a little bit more bang out of your book uh, there. And if you would like to support the show but you don't want to commit to a monthly sponsorship, you can go to paypal.me slash mix and drop some coins into that tip jar. I cannot thank the Patreons enough because it is truly because of you the show can continue to go. There have been difficulties over the last couple of years, times when I've not been working and this was the only thing I was doing and I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to afford the monthly fees that go along with this, but y'all kept me through. And even now that I am getting by, this support helps me and I can't thank y'all enough for this. Hopefully one day we'll actually have sponsors outside of fans, but uh, until that time, it is because of you this show exists and I really, really appreciate you. All right. With that being said... I think we're ready to roll on over to this week's episode. Please join me in re-welcoming back our cousin Liz Everett to the show and welcoming our new cousin Aisha Hunter for the first time to the Militantly Mixed family on this first Militantly Mixed panel discussion, What About Your Friends? officially and I am really excited to announce the beginning of a monthly series of panel discussions in which I will discuss some kind of topic under mixedness with new mix folks every month on the third Thursday of every month and this is the first one of this series and I'm happy to be rejoined by Liz Everett who y'all have heard before on Militantly Mix now you actually get to see her in all her sparkle glory and <laughs> <laughs> and her best friend and i mean is it like like business do you do other stuff together what do y'all do you just is it best friend status or is it all the things we wind up doing all the things it's like okay. we started out like i don't know i didn't like her at first anyways um <laughs> that's, but, that's, 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 right. that's a true story <laughs> um i did not like her first so i wasn't trying to do anything with her and now um i can't imagine doing anything without her you know what i mean right, kind of, right. It's, it's i mean that you know that's how that's how that's how it goes you know all right so why don't we start out with why don't y'all introduce yourselves tell everybody about yourselves reintroduce yourselves liz uh you introduce yourself for the first time and then then we'll get it going well hello everyone my name is liz everett 
I am a style and image strategist, aka fashion stylist, makeup artist, creative director of all things. Um, I have a blog called Style Hip Factor. Um, you can visit us three times a week. And I just love everything fashion and style and beauty and all that great stuff. I'm a magazine editor um, as well. And I just really pour my heart into everything creative because I'm just a creative soul. Um, and so it's just really exciting to be back with you guys. I love what you're doing, Maine. And I love the way that you are just connecting people of all different, you know, mixtures, I guess you could say, um, and allowing us to just have a space, you know, to talk about, you know, our core and our identity and our shift and, you know, what that looks like. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. And Aisha, want you to introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. I'm Aisha Hunter. It's so nice to be here. And quite frankly, I think a dream for me is having a space to just talk about being a mixed woman. And so I really appreciate that you've created this for um, us, for us to have this experience and to share our experiences. It's so important. So thank you, Charmaine, for creating this. I'm really, really excited and grateful. Um, I am a coach. I'm a leader of people. um, And I'm a wife and a mom. And I really um, enjoy helping people, um, specifically bold, busy, and uh, women who believe for their breakthrough um, through coaching them. So I help create space for them to feel safe, to explore who they are, who they've been created to be, um, and really just work through all the things that they want to do to become um, who who they were meant to be, you know, think about actualizing their potential. And so, um, ironically, that's how I met Liz was helping my daughter with some of the dreams that she has. And that is what led to an incredible friendship that I have always wished and wanted to have. So, um, it was fate that brought us together. (laughs) Awesome. So one of the reasons why I was excited to have this conversation also on video, because I was finally crossing over into video. I know, I know it's important, but I'm used to being behind the camera, not in front. Um, I'm not shy. I'm just very aware of my face. (laughs) I'm just like looking at my damn face like, oh my gosh. All right. Uh, So what I wanted to bring y'all together for is because when Liz came on the show, we talked about, you know, both of y'all having the same racial identity, but having opposite appearances and like the interesting dynamics that come into there. And then I just got hella jealous that I didn't have a mixed race counterpart in the world that was mixed even remotely similar to me. And I was like, man, I want that. So I decided to just siphon off of you by putting you both on camera so I could watch you be best friends and just like, just, just enjoy it um, for myself. But I wanted to get into the, 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 what it's like for y'all to be friends, having the same mix and having opposite appearances, but then also talking about just like, what is it like to have a damn mixed friend? Like, what is that like in your everyday life? So let's get into it. Well, I've, I'll, I'll begin. Um, I kind of went back through my life and I don't know that I've really have ever had another like mixed friend, like I've met other mixed people, right? You know, but I'm kind of on that first. You and I realized, I mean, that we're kind of on that first wave mm-hmm. of of mixedness, right? Like there were there. It's not like there were not mixed race people before us, but we're kind of on that first wave um, after Vanessa Williams, where it it's becoming a thing. You know what I mean? Like, right? Um, 
you know, where now I see little mixed girls in the store and that kind of stuff. I didn't see, there was no like adult mixed person for me to follow really, Um, you know, until around like high schoolish college when Halle Berry comes around, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then that was, and then that was your representation. Um, So I think for me, the beautiful part has been just having someone to explore more pieces of my identity with, but also to understand like on some of the things that I have, you know, question marks on, like, I'm not crazy. Like right. <laughs> someone else, yeah, like a validation yeah. partner. Or something. <laughs> yeah. You're like, right. oh, wait, oh, wait, this is part of being biracial. Okay. All right. Am I crazy that when blah, blah, blah. And like, no, that happens to us. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so many times on this podcast, since we got started, that somebody, one of us says something and the other one goes, oh my God, that happens to you too. It is so helpful to have that kind of, that kind of backup. Aisha? Yeah, for me, I grew up in a really small town and it's 99.9% Caucasian. So I really didn't meet anybody that was mixed until I got to college. And that was in Virginia ironically at a, a PWI, a predominantly white institution. So it's, it's super interesting for me that, um, and right, and that's that's going into your, your early 20s here, like a long time of life, not knowing anyone that can identify with your experience. Right. And, you know, also being super cognizant of that, you know, we honor our parents and our parents, um, if they are not of a mixed race as well, we'll always try to give you the best opportunity possible, right? Any parent wants to do the best for their child, but it is different um, when it is not the exact same experience. And so it is really helpful um, to be able to have someone to sort of bounce things off of and say like, look, I'm, I'm having trouble with this. Or I'm not sure how to feel about this. Like, do you feel that way too? And not have to worry about an air of offense, right? Because I think sometimes you're always wondering like, am I to this? Am I to that? And I think with Liz, she's given me the space to be able to say like, it, it doesn't need to be to this or to that. It just is. It is for you. It's your expression, which I think is really, really important. Right. Going back to what Liz said before, that um, that not even having anybody in representation, it's not like there aren't mixed people older than us, but they had to be defined by what their appearance was. And you really didn't often have like folks with it within ambiguity where someone can decide easily off the cuff. You know, by the time I come around, the only other mixed person I really identified as a mixed person until Halle Berry showed up was uh, Jennifer Beals, Flashdance. So when I was a kid, people would call me Flashdance because they knew I had a black dad and they knew that if they didn't know what my mom was, they knew my mom wasn't black and she because she's Japanese and white. So they didn't quite know how to code her either um and i remember just being like okay anything she's in that's that's the one like that's the one person that i can identify with but then not having that out in the real world like even even amongst my friends i grew up in military family where there were a lot of mixed kids but there weren't a lot of mixed kids that were defined by their mixedness and i think what gets us to this wave that liz was talking about is the idea of some of us being more ambiguous um, in our presentation and in our appearance, uh, because if I'm standing next to my dad being accepted as black, not a problem. If I'm standing next to my mom, people say, Oh, how long have you been friends? 
And I'm actually more cut, like I'm colored similar to her. So I don't really understand like why they don't see it, but you know, whatever, if I get identified as, as black more often. So when is it in your life that you all found each other? How long did you go living in your mixed ass life with nobody? Until you <laughs> I was like, how long have we been friends? Um, as of November, two years. Two years. Okay. <laughs> but it's it feels like forever. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a really strange. Um, I don't know. It's like once we met, like we just I don't know. Like I don't know how to. I don't know. We just had like this thing, you know. And like I don't think I, I don't I don't I don't know how to like how to put it into words. But I think that we both have helped each other create space in in our lives to to be our truth right like you know because that's been the most important thing so many times um as a mixed or biracial or triracial or quadracial person you know people try to assign you a box to fit into mm-hmm. and they try to assign you what they feel you should be right and you know, for me, I like, I honor all the pieces of who I am. And that seems very defiant to a lot of people. Right. Um, but I try really hard to just make, you know, Aisha and I talk a lot about the, 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 the concept of making and creating space, mm-hmm. you know, in your life. Mm-hmm. And so like, what, what do you have space for, you know? And so, and sometimes, because we dial into other people's definitions and boxes that they want us to check, we have not left space and don't have anyone to support us. Um, and, and that comes with, with I- any definition of who we are, right? You got to have people in your life who support you having space to just really be who you are without any agenda. Yeah. And so that's been, you know, meeting someone else that, that had the same understanding, but also had no agenda for who I needed to be or wanted to be. Like, you know, it's really rare to have that experience in your life period, but then to have that with someone who has a similar identity. And like, even with Aisha and I, Aisha and I have different like hair, but her daughter has the same hair as me. So Aisha called me to ask about hair products, you know, or like, well, which comb? No, no, no. We need the wet brush. We don't need that. Like that doesn't work for her. You should stop spraying the water. You know, <laughs> you know, otherwise, like you would have to find 28 blog posts. You know what I mean? And like hope for the best. So for for or you know, I don't do well with small talk. You know what I mean? So sometimes I have to call Aisha, like, you guys are doing a small talk thing, man, because it's not for me. We're not That's why I here. wanted to talk to both of you, because you told me in our discussion, because we end up talking for, like, three hours. We only put, yeah. we only put like, an hour on the show, but we talked for three hours. And Liz was yeah. like, sometimes you got to tag in your lighter friend to be like, hey, can you translate? Because yeah. I don't know what's going on. So I wanted yeah. to get into that a little bit. I mean, there, there are certain things where Aisha and I own that, like, I lean a little more black than she does in the areas of food and temperament. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and Aisha 
Leah's a little more Caucasian in the food and the temperament area. So sometimes I'm like, sis, you got to translate for me because I don't know what's happening right now. Like, awesome. what is <laughs> <laughs> We have a question inside the chat. Um, Dodie would like to know if, where we're all from. Um, I'm from Florida. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, but I live in New Jersey now. Okay. And I'm from originally from Long Beach and Sacramento, California, both North and South uh, Californian. But um, if my accent is confusing, which I got accused of earlier today at work, it's because I've moved all over the country and I pick up whatever whatever accent is everywhere. So that's uh, that's that's what you got going on with me right now. Um, so Aisha, you like for me. I'm surprised because Liz told me that you you did kind of pass as more white or appear as more white. And I, I get I can see it. Like, I guess I can see it. But also, as soon as you popped up, I was like, but that's what makes black women. So how do how are you coded out on the streets? How, how do people perceive you? It's so interesting. So, you know, when I was in college, I spent a lot of time researching like the mixed experience. And one of the most interesting things I found out through that research, I was so grateful to be around professors who honored my own search for my identity. Mm-hmm. And what I learned in that experience was that people, right, they um, they experience you however they are most comfortable. Right. So for example, you know, if they're more comfortable with you being white, you're white that day. If they are more comfortable thinking that you're Hispanic, you're Hispanic that day. If they're more comfortable thinking you're black, you're black. Like that's how they look at it. They may not know it, but what's going on up here is that. that's what's translating um, in the brain. And so oftentimes most people think that I'm Hispanic. That's like the number one thing for people. They will just start talking to me. I mean, I've even been at church where someone was like, you know, Hispanic, you want us? I'm like, thank you very much. I am mixed, black and white. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but it happens all the time. It really just depends on, um, I work in New York City. And so depending on what part of the city I'm in, I'll get something completely different. Um, but, you know, I didn't grow up, um, again, in an environment where there was anyone of anything but white. And so um, I grew up passing. And so I didn't have the opportunity to explore other parts of my identity till I was 18. And I left the country and actually went to Brazil. And I found a ton of um, connection. People who look just like you. <laughs> yeah, I found so much connection and being with people who looked exactly like me, who didn't ask me what I was every five minutes. Right. I looked exactly like them. And so when I got to college, no one really asked me that question either, which was really nice. And so, but out in the real world, I get it a lot. Right. And Liz, you and I were talking about before how, unless you're standing next to your white mom, you're pretty much just coded as black every, every day. Right. All day. Well, it depends on my hair color. Depends on what hair I have oh. going on. Right. So like, if I have like, um, so for instance, for fashion week, I'll be doing like a, like a 30 inch, um, like caramel brown, right? Extensions. So people will be confused, right? They'll walk up to me and be like, the most common question that I get when I'm blonde, right? Like when I had blonde braids or whatever is not, Hey, like I, I love your skin tone or like, you know, what's your, you know, what's Mm. your, um, what's your, what's your ethnic makeup? I get, what are you? Yeah. Like I'm an animal in a zoo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when my hair is like this and I am in a Dominican crowd, I'm Dominican right away. 
mm-hmm. um, or they assume that I'm Afro Latina, <laughs> which is fine with me too. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I just, I mostly just kind of roll with whatever they feel. You know what I mean? Like okay. I know who I am. I'm comfortable with me. So, um, you know, I just am like, I'm biracial black or like, you know, they'll be like, uh, and I'm like, if they, if they only speak Spanish, right. I'm like, uh, Blanquita y Negrita y Zebra. Like I'm just a zebra. Like, regular old, like she's just a zebra. No worries. Like I'm I'm good with, you know, I, I was really blessed because having uh I was blessed from the fact of I had an, an even experience, I feel my blackness and my whiteness, right? So I'm 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 I love both pieces, right? I love the culture. I love um, different. Now I don't love ambrosia salad, but I like other. <laughs> so you know, I have to admit, I, I, don't I need need to but... explain ambrosia to me. I Girl, like this is not how I'm have it explained, right? But you know, hey, like it's just certain things that I know. You know, I don't eat or don't roll with, so I just warn people ahead of time. Hey, <laughs> I know that my mom is white, and so you, in your mind, you would like to experience me in that way. But I'm not going to change who I am. So I don't eat that. Or, you know, I don't really roll in that manner or whatever. No, you cannot touch my hair and don't play with me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just kind of figure, I think it's figuring out how to, how, how to be really who you are from a lovingly unapologetic way. You know what I mean? Because you really have to learn to not take offense and to love, right? Because when you meet that spirit of offense from somebody, immediately both people's walls are up rather than me just going, you know what? I'm sure you didn't know better. You know what I mean? Right. So like, right. even when like people walk up and be like, especially when I had really long braids earlier this year, can I touch your hair? And I would take one braid and I'll be like, okay, let me tell you something right now. I'm sure that no one has ever told you this. Feel this braid right here. Don't you ever ask another black woman if you can touch their hair. Oh, you because actually let them touch. Right. I'm like, here, here you go. Right. Let me let me help you out because you don't realize you're being offensive. Right. Because you're not thinking about the fact that you're basically saying that I'm a petting zoo. Right. I'm not this, going for that. I mean, this is one thing that has bothered me. And I talk about it on the show all the time. It never occurs to me to put my hand in somebody else's hair. And my mom's Ever. a hair. Artist. So like, Ever. I'm not curious about other people. Like, I'm curious about other people's hair in terms of like, oh, what did you do? Blah, 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 blah. But I'm not curious enough to touch it. I don't know why anybody wants to touch. I don't like to touch people in general anyway. So that's a thing. To me. <laughs> but like it, the idea of just like that hand coming towards you, which I've had that Yo, hand, and, and you're like this. Yo, wait, yeah, wait, like wait, 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 There, there was a uh, two times that it happened to me where it was Asian women. One, one was a Japanese woman. One was a Korean woman who was transracially adopted by white people in Tennessee. So, it, for all intents and purposes, she was a white Tennessean. She just happened to have a Korean face. Um, and she was married to a bi- black, white, biracial dude who had an Afro. And so she goes, can I touch your hair as her hand goes? And I froze because I never had an Asian. Per- I, it's only ever been white people. So like I never had an Asian face say that to me. Yeah. And as she reaches for my hair, I go, yes, because I got 
like deer in headlights. And then she touched my yeah. hair. She's like, oh, your hair's not like my husband's at all. And then I felt like all dirty and I wanted to go take a shower after because I like one that I even said yes because I was deer in headlights moment. And the other thing that somebody put their hands inside my head. The yeah. next time it happened, I was at a hair salon just getting a trim. I knew it wasn't my regular person, my regular salon, but I just needed to trim really bad real quick. And uh, when the lady who was doing my hair heard that I was part Japanese, she goes, oh, like I got one too. You know, and then she like waved over the Japanese hairstylist. And that lady, she explains to her that I'm part. Yeah. Oh, no. Every time. Every time someone finds out I'm part Japanese, someone says, I wasn't, I know I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. It happens all the time. At the place that I work right now, when I, when I told somebody that I was mixed Japanese, they go like, oh, they literally said the words, oh, we have one. And I go, one what? A Japanese person. A token. Like, yo, I I don't mind as long as I have control of the situation. Right. You know what I mean? Like, let me take this one. Let me get right, get right here. Now, don't ever ask another. <laughs> because That's really generous. This is though, what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. But here, here's my thing. What I know is I'm a little more Martin than I am Malcolm. Right? Okay. But what I know uh-huh. is they're going to meet someone else who will be a little more Malcolm than Martin. So let me save your life and your friend's life <laughs> because you're probably then going to say, hey, that's culturally. And I've had the experience where then I hear the person explain it to the next person. Hey, that's really culturally. That's that's rude. Like, you, you don't, well, that's you don't do positive. That. You know? I because have I'm, never I'm seen always kind of, yeah, I, I, I'm going to, my thing is, I want to err on the side of you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Because you can't possibly think that you're actually going to walk up to someone and pet them like a pony. You, right. You can't think that that's okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And so in having, you know, that that space, um, I I just think it, you know, it's time for, for all of us in this space. I think we're in a, in a really beautiful space of everybody being able to speak up and say, hey, uh, you know, a friend of mine posted a, a video a few weeks ago on TikTok, 10 things not to say to pregnant women. Yo, I've said five of them. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, like yeah. the same way that I want, that I wanted to, that I try to educate others. I was like, yo, educate me. You know, I messaged her on Instagram. I was like, tell me anything else. Because I have said that before. And one of them was, you look so small. Like, I she did I mean you you look you took tiny and beautiful and like you you know you you're shapely and gorgeous and I thought I was complimenting and, and guess what I wasn't so I'm I am trying to assume that other people want to be educated in the same way that I want to be educated mm. you know like yeah 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 do you have something Aisha no I just think that like there are more people who have less education than you would think. And I think, you know, like it, there are lots of people who live in towns that are not diverse at all. And I think right. sometimes we just forget that, right? We move through our lives. Some people like change coasts, change locations, and some people, they don't leave their hometown ever. Yeah. And, you know, there, I think 
remembering that like not everybody has ventured out. And also people are really scared to get things wrong. You know, it can be embarrassing even as a mixed person. Sometimes I'm like, crap, did I say that wrong? Am I? Hold on a minute. Right. That's part of having a friend to be able to say like, yo, I don't know if I said that right. And again, have a space to like, be like, let me carefully correct you. Like, I don't get things right all the time either. But when you don't have a space or someone that you can ask without feeling ashamed, right? Like you can't grow if you're not able to have people to correct you too. And I think that's part of it is you have to have um, understanding even even though you're mixed doesn't mean you get it right all the time either. Like you don't get like a, a, a pass, like, hey, I, I know everything on both sides. I don't. None of, no yeah. one does. Like you're going to learn by trial and error. Um, and what's okay in the North might not be okay in the South. Liz and I talk about that I'm all the time. Big time, yeah. And East yeah. and West Coast too. Oh yeah. my gosh. We definitely have our divisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and too, like, I always look at, I think I'm, I'm patient in this space as well because, you know, having had equally both experiences, mm-hmm. I understand that one code doesn't know the other code and the other code doesn't realize that the other code hasn't been asked to switch and the switch doesn't, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. people don't, people don't know about code switching, right? Cause they've never been asked to shift. People don't know about, you know, there's so many things. And I always say, thank God for being biracial in this moment, right? Because I've spoken on several podcasts about, you know, simple things like code switching, like, yo, you don't, you didn't never realize that people had to switch codes because you're the one that has the code. You know what I mean? And then, right. you know, when, when we start, you know, breaking it down into that norm and into, you know, dialects and into, you know what I mean? Different, different things, money mindsets, you know what? I, like there's a lot more going on here than just the color of the skin or just the mix. We're talking about culture. We're talking, talking about socioeconomic breakdowns. You know, we're talking about mentalities. We're, we're talking about so many different things. So it, it, we have to be in this space. My mindset and Aisha's mindset um, in this space is we have to be looking at a bigger picture and a larger picture because what we need for the next set of children, period, black, white, pink, purple, yellow, orange, whatever, female or male, or however they want to define themselves, we need a better future for, for children. Mm-hmm. And, and the only way we're going to get that is by educating people. Because they're not going to grow up just, you know, knowing, you know what I mean? We got to find a way, which is why I love um, like your podcast. There's going to be a little biracial or triracial or quadriracial or whatever, all the racial girls, right? <laughs> Who's going to find this podcast or a little boy or, you know, whatever. And they're not going to know what to say, but somewhere on Spotify or on, uh, you know, whatever, they found this thing Mm-hmm. that allowed them to hear other people's stories. And in everything that we go through, what we cannot lose is a human experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest thing about doing this show, the way that I do this show, is that when I was looking, and everybody has this story, it's two o'clock in the morning, you can't sleep, you're feeling mixed as hell and lonely in the world. So you Google mixed people question mark and then you just trying to find something like is there one near me is there a podcast is there like a place where mixed people go like is there a little oasis and when I was looking for these podcasts like most of them and I, I say this all the time is like most of them were like done by white journalists and it's like hey America there's these hybrid people let me tell you about them and it would be Not just like hybrid people. 
you know, like this weird thing of, of like somebody who's not, not mixed to tell <laughs> other people about mixed people. And they would, of course, interview mixed people, but it was always just like interviewing from the lens of a monoracial white person who's just like, it's not just that you're colored, it's that you're multicolored, you know? And it was just so infuriating. Oh. And then on top of it, like if there were mixed created podcasts, they were either dead shows, like they weren't, they six episodes, 12 episodes and they were done. Or they were just like that person, that individual person's deal. Like I want to talk about stuff and hey, guess what? I'm also mixed. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, where do we hear mixed people talking about their mixed ass lives? And so that's why my show became the way that it is. And, and I started to talk, think about this as like creating a footprint so that 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, someone in the middle of the night Googles it and they're just like, oh, I'm Chinese Jamaican too. I didn't know there was other ones of us. Like I'm Iranian Filipino, you know, like that kind of stuff. Because some people, all people tend to come to my show through what their mix is. It's just like, oh, I found a black and Korean episode. Oh, I found this, I found that. And then from there, they start watch, listening to the other things because at first they don't think that they're going to have anything in common with other mixed people in general. They think they're going to have common, like you two having the same mix yourselves. Like you find each other based off of your mix. And then as you get into it, you're like, oh, shit, they actually have the same story. Like they they get asked, where are you from? They get asked, no, where are you really from? No, but where are your grandparents from? Like they get asked all of the damn questions, which as I'm looking through the chats as, as we're talking, um, people are having that, too. Like this constant stream of where are you from? But what are you? Yeah. If we don't speak Spanish, who raised you to not speak Spanish? My yeah. black and Japanese family, you know, like that kind of stuff when people just assume things about you and with militantly mixed to just talk about being mixed Mm -hmm. the people now that i think about it that ask me the craziest questions about where i'm from are australian there's some some islands um they never believe me i'm like no i'm just american black and white (laughs) regular old like nothing special like this old black black and white stripes I'm the original. Bah, 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 right? um, <laughs> I'm a panda because I'm black, white, and Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, I, I just, I, I'm always like, no. I'm. It was um, a, a, a pastor that was from Australia. He was like, no, no, no. You're not. You don't have any family from. Uh, I, I forget what island it was, but I was like, no. I'm just. I'm literally just plain old American, black and white. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I also love that they never believe what we're what we tell them we are. <laughs> that is also a thing. Like I know that my face tells a different story, and whatever that is for you is whatever. I gotta walk around with this motherfucker, but <laughs> trust me that I'm telling you what I'm doing. You know, like right. trust me that yeah. I know because I'm the little mixed girl from Long Beach who was black as hell. Like you talk about being Mar- uh, Martin over Malcolm. I was so Malcolm in in my early days in high school and stuff like that. The people were like, why are mixed girls always so militant, <laughs> militantly mixed? Uh, because because like, um, we have to fight yeah, for our identity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's something that Aisha and I talk about all the time too, because Aisha uh is on that new front of fully being her blackness without feeling like she has to fight for it like right you know i'm like they can't tell you how black you are sis your daddy is fully extra brown 
okay we're done talking like you your blackness is valid you don't need to show anybody a card there's no you know what i mean like yeah we wear a rosa park shirt because we love her you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but at the same time like you are you are black like rock with it yeah there's a thing of like it's weird when it happens on the black side because blackness tends to be very welcoming it's just you know sometimes things are politically hot so it's sometimes it is like no we got to be monoracial right here or whatever i I get that there are moments and i'm very aware of my mixedness in certain spaces and predominantly black spaces as well Mm -hmm. because i know that i don't want to be the loudest voice there um in this space though i don't mind being a loud voice i don't need to be the loudest but i need to be a loud voice because one i'm really comfortable with my mixedness i live the hell out of it every day not a day goes by that i don't mention that i mix in some way shape or form whether it's through actually explicitly saying it or me saying my japanese grandma did blah 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 but my british grandma did blah 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 you know i've just i've told you without telling you what my deal is or something Mm -hmm. Um, so being a loud voice here is fine. Being a loud voice, like being at the front of the line on our last stream, the filmmaker, Richard B. Pierre, who has the show, what the film, what are you? He said, I don't really want to be in the front of the line of the March holding the sign because like, I don't know that that's right, but maybe not all the way in the back, but maybe like somewhere three quarters or halfway, you know, to just be like, I can bridge the gap between these people who are allies who don't really know what they're doing. And maybe they say things problematic and maybe I can help. But then also I don't have full access. So I need to know. Whereas my experience is I, am actually really immersed in blackness and it's only when someone decides i'm not black enough that i'm impacted where sometimes a white person will tell me i'm not black enough and that's hilarious because what do they know you know like if i'm if i'm gonna walk around in a head wrap today and someone goes well is that a cultural appropriation cultural appropriation of my culture you know like just because i'm pale i you know i don't i don't get that access things like that kind of can get in the way but I'm curious how that works when you guys are together walking around in the world. Does someone decide one of you is more valid in whatever particular situation you're in as either a black person or as a white person? I don't think anyone's ever asked us in when we're together, but I also don't think we give them an opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Like I think when I well, one, we don't see each other that often, which is sort of interesting. Like we're super close. We do at certain points in the year, but pandemic has caused a little, little separation here. Um, But when we are together, I think, I don't know that anyone would ask that question. Most people just ask us like, how'd y'all like meet each other? You are like a lot, like together, you're a lot. Um, yeah they mostly get caught up in our vibe and they're trying to figure out like how do I get that type of vibe just because I don't know like we're just both like cup fillers you know what I mean like I a hundred percent can vouch for that because I'm on the group right now yeah yeah (laughs) yeah we're like we're cup fillers and we both like really believe in people like 100 percent believe in people believe in their potential um believe that there's something greater out there for them that there's something bigger right and so um you know aisha was the person who introduced me to the idea of holding space and creating space and you know in your life and i think when people meet both of us 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes they feel this instant attraction thing that they may think is that we're being so cool, but it really isn't. It's that like I meet that person and like I'm like we know you can we're, you're like no you're the biggest person in your industry let's do this right like yeah. we just yeah. believe in people and so when we're together people are just real confused like, <laughs> when we're on the phone our families are like yo this has gone on long enough it is two o'clock in the morning somebody needs to go to bed when we see each other if Last time we saw, um, okay, so the longest time we saw each other was like for almost two weeks, right? We were together for oh, one transform. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't sleep for that almost that whole time because we just oh, were just talking to each other. Oh my gosh, we're just so excited. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's like a little biracial sorority girls. <laughs> so fun. Well, yeah, and then we, you know, for us, like we... I think one thing that we talk about is dynamics too. Like we're always talking about different dynamics, cultural dynamics. We're very interested in people. Um, So people find it very interesting, you know, but then I don't think they, they've never said anything out loud. Like Aisha said, you know, I think they're just trying to figure out what just happened to them. Right. I might be a magnet for that. I might give off the vibe that says here, white person, come tell me the most ignorant thing you think about anybody of color. I'm the person who's best qualified to accept it because like when I, hear, when, I, when I hear other people say like oh no no one ever you know no one ever just blatantly walks up and be like oh so you're black white biracial one of you looks brown and one of you doesn't what's what's going on there that shit would happen to me because I get I get that kind of question I also get questions like I've been told like, oh, you're the perfect hire because I get a uh, I get a black person, an Asian person, a queer person and a woman all in one and one hire. So like I am always surprised when someone tells me that they don't get ignorance all day long. I just assume it happens because that's my that's my experience. As an HR professional, I am very disturbed by that. I'm HR. I didn't know that. Like that's really concerning. Um, oh no, it's a problem. That's why I'm no longer in tech because tech is the worst for that kind of stuff. Yeah, they'll straight up say the most ignorant. No, stuff. I'm still confused. Like, <laughs> but you know, I think the interesting thing though, and like you know, people have said this to me is that like versus it being like people trying to be ignorant it's like there are people that people um are, are attracted to an opportunity that you present and so like when you, i think about with with me and liz like i like i always tell liz this story about liz but i have been crying since i met liz i tell people that all the time i've been crying since i met her i cried when i met her through the whole first week i was with her and every time since because something about being around liz pulls out some things about her. People come crying to me about stuff all the time. I don't even ask them any questions. <laughs> they, they automatically somehow feel like they have this space to talk. And so Charmaine, what I, what I shared to you is that it might also be that you give up this opportunity that people say, I want to learn and I'll bet I don't have the right words for it. It might be your, it might come off as an experience of ignorance, but you have an energy of education and that right. Your platform is about educating people about our experience. And so I'll bet people don't know how to do it in a way that is, um, 
growth minded, I suppose I'll say it that way. What they're still getting from you is your, your gift, which is I want to educate and I want to empower people. And I want to create space for people to be exactly who they are and connect. And so whether that connection is because they're mixed or not, you are a connector. And so therefore people are always going to have that attraction to you. Yeah. Right. And also frustrating, right? Like, oh, absolutely. Days when you're like, I don't want to hear anybody cry anymore. Like, I just, I'm, I'm at, I'm at there. But yet, I know that part of who I am is to be someone who offers a listening ear and allows people to feel what they do. And I'm still going to have more people to cry. And that's just, and this is going to make people cry. <laughs> he knows that. It's right. part of us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I, whenever people meet me, I always know they're in some type of transition. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just my gift. My gift is people that are in transition. Mm-hmm. So what I've learned how to do um, for me is I learned how to back up off. I back up off the situation. You know what I mean? Like, especially because, um, you know, part of part of my job is customer service. You know what I mean? And sometimes I right. have some really entitled folks, you know? Yeah. And so because yeah. I have learned to back up off the situation and just stay silent, um, I have learned that my silence says entirely more than my words a lot of times. And then I'll notice that that person, that's kind of been my 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 key because that person usually becomes one of my most loyal clients who will be like, Ex- did you look at her wrong? Oh, no. And I'm like, girl, you remember yourself a year ago because you tried it. You tried it. <laughs> that was like, I, <laughs> I usually got referred to me through another couple of clients that modeled as well type of thing, right? And they were like, you have to use Liz, you know, whatever. And so then Aisha was like, um, my daughter's hair is really short. And I was like, the products are still real short. I have to hire I still have to hire artists like nah dog like that's you still want you still want Chanel quality work sis we don't this is not at target prices like we're not doing that you know and then I was like Elizabeth back up off the situation (laughs) it was referred through two really loyal clients which means for me word of mouth normally means that person is the same type of person and they were two Two clients that girl, I would fly anywhere for them. Oh, and I just love, and I was like, okay, all right, all right, bring it in. So I responded kindly. So when Aisha came in, I was like, I, well, and also Aisha is a very, very sweet person, right? So it's hard initially for you to tell if that's really who who, who Aisha is. Yeah, okay. Right? So you're kind of like, for real, put <laughs> smiling out. Put all that key, key in. All the lat is really. <laughs> Let me put my big glasses on real fast. Right. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, luckily, her husband was a Cowboys fan, and I'm a Cowboys fan. I see. So we started talking football, and then I was like, you know what? I can deal with Aisha because my friend Lindell. That's hilarious. Who's literally right. laughing on the couch over here while listening? <laughs> <laughs> the real best friend. Absolutely, yeah. but it's so interesting though because the you know even in that engagement though with Liz, like the reason why I was going to her was because my daughter 
hair is different than mine. And I was a mom who had no idea how to do her mixed child's hair. And I also didn't grow up in a household where I could do my hair. I was 18 before I did anything of any looking cute ever like I mean like keep like my mom would cut my hair with like a bowl over my head I mean like we're struggling how to do it you know like didn't know how to do it and so I had gotten some really bad feedback from a judge that like I didn't know how to do my child's hair and I was devastated Mm. and you know that is a place where I really identify as a white mom Right. child, even though I'm mixed, I'm still figuring out my hair. Like I'm still yeah. figuring out stuff at 32. And so my hair just abruptly changed in my forties. So like, you got to learn, you do, you got to learn your hair all the time as a mixed person. All the time. And being able to go to someone that you can ask and say like, yo, I don't actually know what I'm doing. I should know. I'll always say that. I should know. I don't. Can you teach me? Because I don't want to jack this up for her because I care about her understanding that. And I'm super clear about it. And and my daughter, she knows. My husband does my daughter's hair because because I'm like, you know what? You got some gifts over there. I'm going to sit over here. I'm going to learn because I need to. Yeah. But I also like, I, I will learn and then I will make sure I'm appropriately positioned. But like, it's, mm-hmm. it's how, part of how we, we came together and I think growing together in our blackness and whiteness has been such a beautiful gift, even in figuring out ancestry. Like Liz's family does a ton with ancestry. I didn't meet my black side of my family until I was 23 years old. So like, I just, I'm just started learning and just started growing in my um, experience of that side. And so there's so many layers to it. I still believe that we're related in some way because one of you know, my uh-huh. ancestors are from Jacksonville, Florida. So I <laughs> do. My whole, my, on my dad's side, my whole, my dad's whole family is all over Florida. Mm. And she's like, we're so similar. To, dude, somewhere. We somewhere. somewhere. That's why I yeah. call everybody on the show my cousins because it's somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. We, we all look the yeah. same and, we, and so we've got to be related in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I agree. And then, and it, 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 it really has been awesome. Like, I'm a, I, we, I just think there was a moment when we first met where I just felt like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to tell her because, okay, so a lot of people don't have my phone number. They have my, everybody has my email. All the people know my website, but everybody doesn't have the phone number, right? Because I'm not answering your crazy person call about an outfit or eyebrow. At I have a burner phone for that. Oh, oh right. <laughs> Dang, right? Dang. Extra $10 a month, but it's worth it. Right. Same, same. So I was like, uh, I remember sitting down by Aisha and I was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this because I really only like Lindell. <laughs> right. But I looked at Aisha and I was like, Aisha, this is my phone number. Text me right now. So I have your phone number. She was like, okay. And I was like, Aisha, we're real friends now. If you don't text me once a week, I'm going to assume that you don't like me anymore. So, and then I, I, like, I, yeah, I literally got up and walked away. Like I was done talking at that point. So then I think I text her the first couple times and the first couple times I was texting her like, yo, we're actually friends. I'm going to be offended if we leave Florida together and you go back to New Jersey and just decide that you're going to do what you want to do. Like, Mm. just let's be clear. So then I went up for, um, for New York fashion week and, um, 
I was like, hey, you want to go to a New York Fashion Week show with me? And she was like, what? <laughs> I was like, come on, let's go. You know, come on, let's do this. She was like, Yo, You're we can't serious? just like go to dinner. <laughs> we can't go to dinner or lunch or I was like, nah. That's an expensive I'm, date right off the bat. <laughs> well, you want to go? Send me up. It's one thing when your friend is like fabulous, right? But when your friend's actually like in like uh, the fashion world, you don't want to embarrass your friend. Like that's what I tell her all the time. I'm like, I ain't trying to embarrass you. I am still a little country kid. Like I, I still am that person. I am too, though. I am too, though. Let, let me let me reclare. <laughs> it looks different, and she knows New York better than I do. I might work there. She knows New York better. Than Mm. So like, you know, it's it, but I think that it's interesting because I really didn't believe it. And I also think like people aren't always that welcoming to people. I mean, let's be honest, making friends in general is hard. Mm-hmm. Making mixed friends is hard. Making adult friends, mixed friends, real friends that are scum sisters, like that doesn't happen. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think that's just the reality of being adults is like, it's really hard to let people into your life that you feel like you get to know them. You just don't. I not, didn't have tons of people at Baton and tons of friends ever. Yeah. Well, it is that, really that good. Photo that, I, that photo I sent you for, for this, that was actually the first photo that Aisha and I ever took together. Oh, was it? Yeah. 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 It's it's interesting the idea because like going to what you're saying, like it's hard to make friends, it's hard to make adult friends, it's hard to add whatever your hyphen it is. And um in the in the in the case of, of just mixed friends in general, what I found during through this show is that I am now talking more often to people who've been guests on my show than I'm talking to people that have already been in my life. And it's not like I'm I'm trying to end those relationships, it's just that here I'm able to get my life a little bit more without coding. You can tell me something and I'm like, yes, absolutely. I've been through that. I'm there. Or if you're just having a bad day or something like that, just a really bad mixed day or vice versa, the, the length of the conversation is a lot shorter because we can get to the meat a lot quicker and in getting a chance to see two real life friends, be able to do that for each other. That's amazing. I I have my mixed counterpart on my other show, Blurred Comics, is is uh his he goes by Blurred Vision. We grew up together. We're not mixed exactly the same, but we're both mixed and we've always bonded over being mixed. So I do, it's not like I don't entirely have a, a lifelong friend or whatever. It's just that we're we're mixed slightly different. But where our crossover does happen is in comic books and things like that that we're interested in, and also the mixed thing. And now I'm watching him raise mixed kids too, and not oh. letting a minute go by where they're not allowed to identify however it is they identify he um they have different uh appearances also one looks white one looks uh brown and they call them rice and beans because they're half mexican and and black and and white so they uh, um so it it fits the family um but they can be their whole mixed ass selves and stuff like that like the little the little blonde hair one she's going to be militant as hell when she as she gets older so knowing that that there's safety in your mixedness and having a person there mm. who will if not always validate just get it you know just yeah. be like cool. yeah even if we don't look the same even if we don't come from the same mix i've had that same experience you had and let me tell you going on I'm in my third year of now of doing this show. The amount of times I've had those moments with somebody now, and these are strangers to me. I mean, y'all were strangers and now you're not. We're, you know, but 
having those moments to be able to say, I get you. I see you. I've been through it too. Oh, like it's just, it's fucking everything. It's so, it's so special. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to actually get to, like I said at the beginning, siphon off of watching y'all be friends and in in front of my face. Um, I really appreciate it and I love it. And um, Um, excuse me, May, you're in a group text with us. You're. You're I know, one of but I'm also Japanese okay. and my job is to always be like, no, no what? I'm, just, I'm, I'm not. I'm just, no, oh, you interrupt our day anytime, girl. That's what we do for each other. Aisha and I interrupt each other's day. Okay. Or I'll start sending Aisha like angry, like gifts and stuff. Or like being like, yeah. that's fine. Cause you don't love me. And she'd be like, okay, I will find 10 minutes to FaceTime you. Because yeah. this is what happens when you don't get attention. And I'm like, Thank you. <laughs> that is a real thing. That also thing for um, like your friend you were saying that has is now raising mixed children. I think it's even it just being able to have the friendship and then have someone that also can relate to them too, and they can see that it's mm-hmm. really important. Like when they're like Raya, my daughter's name's Raya. She knows that me and her don't look exactly alike, but she looks more like Liz. So what she'll say is, I'm going to wear my hair natural because I look beautiful like my aunt Liz. Mm. And like, you know, so like, it's not just like the space for each other. (laughs) As Liz starts crying. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Liz. I'm a waterhead. I'm a tough waterhead, okay? You have friendships, though. Your friendships create healthy relationship models for your Mm -hmm. children and for your family. And even, you know, thinking about your spouse, if you're, you know, and you think of a spousal experience, right? Like all of that is important for people to understand and be able to relate to you differently and to Mm -hmm. give your child or your family member, your sister, whoever it is, just give them the experience to understand that like, they are beautiful in whatever they choose to do with be with, you know, experience. And I didn't get that growing up. I think my mom tried really hard with examples, right? Like Mar- Mariah Carey was my one example. Oh, yeah, Mariah Carey always. She was the best one because she was super ambiguous. And so for like maybe someone like you and me, Aisha, we would have like, oh, yeah, there's one. And people think she's black, you know, like it was a good, it was a good fit. Oh, yeah. I was thinking Mariah for many different reasons like I was all Mar- you know all Mariah all the time but 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 you need not just celebrities you need everyday examples someone yeah. to relate to and it's so important and it just it makes all the difference in you having a healthy relationship with yourself mm-hmm. and ultimately right no matter what someone says to us or tries to figure out it always has to do about their own experience of relationship. whatever they're trying to figure out about it. And I think it's really amazing to be able to experience different parts of yourself because of different seasons. Think about, I couldn't imagine going through the specific political climate um, without having Liz to talk through and work through the things that people were saying to me at work that Mm -hmm. I I really got to think through how I feel about this. I need Mm -hmm. somebody that has nothing to do with my work life to explore and say, well, I like this. This didn't feel right. And, you know, I couldn't imagine having done that without having anyone to relate to. And so I'm just super grateful for community. Yeah. Friendship and sisterhood just keep going up the rail. But like community in general is so important for us specifically right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, 
since this is a live stream and not the regular episode, I usually end every episode asking my guests what they love most about being mixed. But since we're talking about friendship today and what it's like to have a mixed race support system, tell me in both y'all separate words, what do you love most about being a mixed best friend? Mm. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, you always want me to go first. All right. Anyway, so um, <laughs> um, I just honestly, my thing is sisterhood. Period. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like friendship. I like sisterhood. Yeah. The reason I will I vouch say that, for that right away. You you yeah, became a because, sister really quickly. Yeah, like. Friendship means that I need to mirror your behaviors, right? The reason that a lot of people have friends that don't last a long time or get into the wrong relationship of any kind is because for six months, that person can mirror your behaviors or you know unknowingly to mirror their behaviors enough that you guys feel like, you match, woohoo, right? But the real test of anything is I don't need to, I don't need, uh, we don't need to do that. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, like Aisha and I are matchy, right? We got on our like pink sequins together, whatever. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm not always that person, but Aisha is. So for mm-hmm. her, we can do that, right? I would, I, <laughs> our other friend, Stephanie, the other part, part of trying to find a photo of just me and Aisha was that Stephanie is in all the other photos with us. Right? Uh, <laughs> there's, there's three blind mice here, right? So these, these three blind mice, like they're, you slide for your sister. You know what I'm saying? You, she might, she likes one thing and you're like, you know what? I'm supporting my boo. So here we go. Right. Or you, you, you know, the one person's interested in the other thing, but you don't have to match. And so for me, although Aisha and I match as far as our, our, our being biracial and our mix, I think the thing for me was that we just have learned to leave space open for each other to be whoever it is the person needs to be that day. Whoever it is you need to be that day, the tough one, the strong one, the not, the whatever, I'll take you in all those forms. And I had, I had Stephanie, here's the funny part, right? Stephanie and I have been friends since we were like 19. Best friends since we were like 25 type of thing. Stephanie had always loved me in that way. And I didn't know how to receive that love back. Mm. So Aisha comes into the, the picture and here's Aisha with the, just this open heart. And I'm like, yo, I don't even know what you've got going on over here. I'm not, I don't know if I'm here for it or not, but I had the same thing. It's just that people had, had beat I had allowed people to beat my 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 acceptance mm. and my hold it down out of me because I've been hurt so many times. Right, right. So here, here I've had this other friend, this other best friend since I'm you know 25 or so. I had to go back to Stephanie at the end of last year and apologize to her because I had never received her love mm. the way she was trying to give it to me. And I had to ask her why did you hang in there. You know what I mean? It's like how you see a marriage where all of a sudden she's like 10 years in, it just started working. <laughs> 10 years in, you know, I just started mm-hmm. receiving the love. 
And now I'm able to give and receive in that same way. And Aisha taught me that. You know what I mean? You learn lessons through sisterhood that you don't learn through friendship. Friendship is about we both got the same Tory Burch sandal. That's cute. Okay. <laughs> well, so thank you. Oh, we got matching jackets. All right. That's cute. We do have you That is at least that. friendship goals is to have yeah. matching yeah. jackets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing we have is like we have um, jean jackets. They're not the same jean jacket, but they have some of the similar patches on them. You know what I mean? Again, a place where you do you, but you know, because that sisterhood thing, man, you just get, yeah, man, when somebody can just leave space for you to be whoever it is you need to be. But also clock uh, you when you're stepping out of pocket, too. Like, that's something that is a yeah. little bit tougher with certain friendships. Like, there's some friendships I can receive that from and some that I'd be like, you better never know. <laughs> you know, so there's that, too. Whereas, like, a sisterhood, yeah. it's a little bit like, yeah, sister, you know, I wouldn't say this if I didn't love you the way that I love but, you. Yes, yes. Yeah. When yeah. someone can say, but, right? I mean, I love you, but then you're like, oh, oh and you're the only person that can say that to me. Yeah. Oh. You know, yeah. and, and I usually and I leave, the com- leave a lot of conversations like that. Like, all right, mm. so you just want to you just want to get me straight. huh? OK, well, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm gonna go cry because you're right. I eat a cupcake <laughs> and then I'll talk to you later. Oh, yeah. 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 Every day. <laughs> this morning. <laughs> this morning, to be exact. <laughs> Actually, this morning. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Um, but I think for me, you know, I, I still, right. Like one of the things that I have had to work a lot on is acceptance. And I think, you know, the core, you know, everybody has those gremlins, right. That they speak to And mine. My whole life has been that I haven't been acceptable for so many reasons and being mixed for sure brings it out in a whole different layer. And I think, um, you know, I learned a lot about sisterhood in um, the sorority that I belonged to in college. But I think as an adult, being able to experience acceptance in a way that didn't have to do with my membership to something mm. other than just being me. I'm not a super vulnerable person. I'm so working on it. And like I said, I've been crying since I met Liz. There is something so welcoming about her spirit that allowed me from jump to just um, not have to worry about being enough at all. And I think that I have worried my whole life about being enough for everybody and not disappointing people and not mm. being this or not enough that. And with Liz, what she does and when she's really serving it to you is reminding you of your brilliance. And I might need that pep talk every single day some weeks, mm-hmm. but um she does that out of love and for nothing more than that. She has no other agenda but to love me and to make sure that what what is true to be of who I really am is at its brightest light. And when it's not, and when I need someone to tell me to rest or get it together, or you really get it together, like it's going to be that person. And um, I'm not for her no matter what. And I think I waited my whole life for that. And I'm just grateful. That's amazing. Well, 
first of all, I thank you both so much for coming on, especially because you and I, besides the group chat, haven't had a chance to face to face yet. So I'm really appreciative of that. Liz has been bullying me into being better since we met. Um, and I say that with ent- entirely with love. Um, pretty much, pre- I mean, pretty much the first text message out the gate was like, do you have your, your PR in order? Do you have your trademarks? Have you done this? Have you done that? Like, I was like, oh, okay. I'm looking at it. my notepad. Yeah. Um, so yeah. like, Let's get it. So being a part of that group chat, I, I can definitely vouch for the level of cup <laughs> filling that goes on in this relationship. And I appreciate that y'all let me sample a little bit of it um, for, for myself welcome, personally. We got, a, we got a buffet. We got a buffet. We <laughs> like to share, girl. So come on. Come on, man. You want to us, girl. <laughs> um, why don't you, before we wrap up, tell people how to find you on the socials. And then we'll go ahead and say goodbye. Absolutely. You can follow me at Liz Everett Style and at It's Factor on Instagram. And um, you guys just come on over. You know, after the last um, time I was on the podcast, I don't know if I told you this, several people, you know, reached out and asked me questions and all that kind of stuff. You're so welcome to do that. Like, I pretty much try to be an open book. I feel like um, I come from a family of educators. So whatever you want to know, like, just pop on over on Instagram um, I just believe in community. I believe in people. I believe there's greatness in every single one of you. None of you are listening to this by accident. You're so awesome right. that right. you popped on over here, right? And Militantly Mixed is just such a dope platform that is ahead of its time and right on time all at the same time. So I just, I really, I really thank you because people probably don't realize, Maine, all of the, all of the energy and the push that you have in the background to stay consistent. And so um, I can say for Aisha and I both, like, we just honor your gift. We honor what you're doing. Um, and we're just really grateful for you creating space in the world for people um, to talk about their identity because it's such a beautiful thing. Thank oh, you. for sure. True. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and you can find me on Instagram at Aisha underscore underscore Hunter um, and on Facebook. Two underscores. Listen, there are a lot of Aisha's in the world. Um, so, you know, one day I'll get out of those underscore situations. But um, we're, we're, we're still, we're watching it. We're watching it. <laughs> you, got the, you got the earpiece in there to check on the... I thought, no, I'm fun. I'm fun. <laughs> there are 32 ways to spell Aisha in Arabic. My mom picked one of the rarest that has the extra H on the end. So that mm. is perfect. Um, but uh, you can also find me on uh, Facebook at Aisha Hunter International um, on the page there as well but same if there's something you just need you know to talk through or whatnot like I really just honor people's ability to talk about their experience and work through things and so if you're like I need to work through some stuff like that's that's where the gifts come right and we're both in the militantly mixed group as well yeah right yeah I should definitely join that group on Facebook I just we love the conversations that happen in the group main, like we love when people post articles and reviews the and questions. You know, yeah. yeah, it's just so cool because it uh, sometimes even if you don't respond, it just makes you think. And it's yeah. really cool to just exactly. be able to, you know, tap in and support. You know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. when people are new. Um and that when I initially added Aisha to the military mixed group, I knew there were some things that she was working through in that moment. And it just gave her an, an opportunity and us and, you know, just one more thing to share together. Right. So we, we appreciate you for that, too. 
I, I'm glad you're participating in it too, because it doesn't make the experience richer when we can f- like freely post and engage and learn. Like I've learned things from things that other people have posted that I didn't have my, you know, eye on before. Absolutely. Yeah. We need each other if we, we don't do. know that right away. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Community is everything. I mean, I think the biggest thing in terms of mixedness is that we try to find communities within the monoracial groups of that we're mixed with. And we know we're slightly on the outside, even however embedded we are. We know we're slightly on the outside, but when you find other mixed people, even if their mix is not the same as yours, we have so much like lived experience crossover, even if it's not necessarily cultural crossover, that we can get through a lot of things with the, with supporting each other. Um, that's what Militantly Mix is about. Uh, actually, I see in the chat, Natalie Evans is here. She has some kind of Brown podcast. If you're not listening to her podcast, uh, she also has a space for, for mixed people and is definitely one of my sisters. Uh, naturally mona lisa has a youtube channel where she talks about mixedness and she also talks about like organic health care for face and eczema and hair and things like that like she's doing the investigation you know you like supporting each other and being excited about what each other is doing and you know it's i don't know how i exist now outside of militantly mix i i need this community it helps me thrive and um I, yeah, I just fucking need it. It's my medicine. It's my medicine now. Uh, so I hope that y'all are getting a good dose of medicine today on this uh, live stream. I'm really excited that people participated and that y'all participated as well. Um, I'm looking forward to growing this platform a little bit further through through this as well as through the group. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We honor you, Charmaine. Thank you. Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, the one you can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantly mixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.